The one and only Paul Buck Power Stewart returns. It has been a while, my friend. What is happening? A very good afternoon to you, TC and Numchuck, and good afternoon to everybody all around Vegas. Yes, I'm back. As the Blues Brothers said for my extensive tour of India and the subcontinent, I'm back here on the show with you guys. <laughs> oh, yes, you are, my friend. Now, the, I know it's rather late for you right now. Uh, 11 o'clock in England, as Paul Buck Power Stewart joins us. Are you wearing pajamas right now? No, no, I'm not. I'm wearing a Steinbrenner high school hoodie. <laughs> and, and this is what this is what a friend of mine in India Sarah would call Indian stretch time. It's called you just do things at whatever time works for you. And that's why I'm here on air with you now, my friend. I love it. I love it. Okay, so Paul Buck Power Stewart came to the States recently within the past, I guess, well, a few weeks. I mean, you've been back now about what, seven, ten days, give or take, right? All right. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So he goes to Tampa on his annual yearly trip, I guess you might want to say. Caught a Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. All right. A Tampa Bay Lightning game or two. Uh, played a lot of golf, did a whole bunch of things. But one thing that you did not do, Paul Buck Power Stewart, was visit us on the show. Now, I got a little problem with this because... We normally have to deal with eight hours, at least, in time differential for you to come on the show here. You're in the States. You're only a three-hour time difference. I still can't get you to come to Vegas, you know, the real sights and sounds of, of what the United States truly is all about, especially from the sports and entertainment capital of the world. All right. But I find it very insulting, so to speak, when you get invited on the show because you are in the States and I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. To come on the show. And you kind of big time us a little bit by saying that you're too busy. You're on vacation. You're on a holiday. You're giving me the excuses. And I understand if you're there for, you know, maybe 48 hours or so, but you're there for nearly a week. What is the excuse for not joining us on the show when you're in the States? Don't forget, I'm a media superstar, TC. So I have lots of people wanting my time. I mean, let's have a look at the, let's let's compare Tampa and Vegas. We've both got fading football teams. We've both got hockey teams that are very successful. So it came down to the fact that Tampa's got beaches and you've got nunchuck. That's why I stayed in Tampa. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. But Buck Power, you could still do a phone interview like you're doing with us now. You could have done that. You could have made time, and you refused to make time. I mean, you you start talking about dinner plans. You you know, uh, uh, not having a telephone or something like. I don't I don't understand. You have a cell phone. You know, plenty of people in Tampa. You could use a phone. Heck, they probably even have pay phones uh, back there in Tampa. You probably could have went in the Buccaneers' office. You could have probably used uh, Todd Bowles's phone. Sat at his desk because he in the, sure in the heck isn't using it. I mean, come on, my friend. I, you know, there's no excuse here. Yeah, I, I was I was taking advice from a certain Mr. T.J. Reeves who said, no, you've got far more important things to do. Wait till <laughs> you get back to England. It's a lot better when we do it across the Atlantic, T.C. Oh, yeah, he, he big-timed us. Nupchuk's just shaking his head. I mean, go ahead, Nupchuk. He big-timed us for T.J. Yeah, not just T.J. I mean, he just, again, it's like, 
I get it. Okay. So we're on the air. It's, you know, four, five, six PM. I mean, you can't be dining, uh, at the senior citizen hour like TJ Reeves trying to find those discount buffets at 4 PM. I mean, Buck Power, you got to be dying at least at seven, eight o'clock PM. You, you had, you could have given us 20 minutes because I really wanted to talk with you while you're in your element. You're always talking about going to the games and being there or tailgating or just, you know, uh, you know, being on the golf course. You, th- that's excellent radio, my friend. I know. Maybe next time. I'll do yeah. it next See, time. Now, now, now he's just that. really not saying it because I'm tired of talking about this because, you know, it's like, it's like, like, uh, you know, him <laughs> beating TJ Reeves on the golf course. He, he, there's no contest here. You know, he has no, he has no logical answer for us here, but that's okay, my friend. I, I knew this was coming. This is a worse beating than you gave us in the 1950s soccer <laughs> world cup. <laughs> There it is. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that uh, that uh, you know, like I'm Germany and you're Brazil right now. Seven one, baby. You know, here's a funny story for you. So I went to dinner a couple weeks ago uh, with a gentleman, a uh, good friend of mine, Big Al from Curacao. You, you probably hear Big Al along with us, and Big Al brought with him uh, a, a a couple big soccer heads, and uh, so we're start we're eating dinner. And we're start talking soccer. And I said, Oh, who, who's your team? Or, you know, do you follow Curacao? And he goes, No, no, no. I'm, I'm Brazil all the way. Oh, so then of course, you know what I did, Buck Power. I brought up seven one. This guy almost came across the table lunging at me. He wanted to choke me. And for the next three days, uh, this guy just kept, you know, giving me more jabs because I brought up Germany seven, Brazil one, which, you know, as you know, in the soccer world, just like you guys are in England, you don't like bringing up those type of losses. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty detrimental to this guy, you know, when I brought that up. What, what's wrong with you soccer heads that, uh, can't take the losing? Well, I mean, maybe the clue is in the title Big Al. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't, maybe you should pick on someone called Little Johnny or, or you know, Small Steve. So when you, when you wind up people about soccer, don't worry. We've been doing it about the 1966 World Cup now for 57 years. 4-2, England over Germany. You know, you've got to live on memories, TC. You'll be bringing up great victories for the Raiders and Packers next. Okay. Speaking of, uh, Germany, uh, uh, Harry Kane finally saw the light. I mean, at his advanced age, he, he left, uh, the Premier League, uh, English legend, and, uh, he finally saw the light, leaving for Germany. Part of Bayern Munich now. Uh, what happened there? I mean, isn't that, doesn't that kind of irk a lot of old English faithful to see, you know, one of your premier players leave the Premier League for the Bundesliga? Yeah, it was quite surprising. So for those of you who don't know, Harry Kane is England's top international goal scorer. He scored over 60 goals for England and he, he played only for one club, Tottenham Hotspur. He played for them for 10 years. And Tottenham are one of these teams, they just, they can never win. They're always finishing third, fourth, but, you know, they get close. So he wanted to succeed and he was... Wait, so they're the, the Dallas team. Cowboys is what you're saying? Yeah, that was, I was going to go there. I thought I'd let you do that one. Thank you very much. Coming in with the tap in at the far post. <laughs> so he, he looked, the teams like Manchester City, Manchester United, they didn't want him. So he was offered a big contract by Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. He's gone over there. He scored 22 goals in 18 games. He's been a massive success for them. And they're a lot, they're doing very well in, in the European Champions League. But of course, he still comes back and plays for England. He's led England to Euro 24 next year, where we're going up against the mighty Denmark, Slovenia and Serbia. Three matches I'm sure you'll be staying awake all night to watch. But yeah, Harry Kane is the, is the top soccer player, but he now applies his trade in another country. 
Is it was it just he he's going for the better team? I mean, plain simple. I mean, they couldn't work out a deal for him to go to Man U or, or another contender there in England. I mean, again, I think that's got that's got a shock some people. And then again, here's the other part: How much does Harry Kane still have left? Oh, he's still got quite a lot left. I mean, he's not as old as you and me, TC, so he's still got a lot more to mm. give. But he he was a free agent yeah, this is, in, yeah. in American sporting terms. Mm. So uh, the other team, he looked around. He was only going to go to one of the other top two or three teams in English soccer. None of them wanted him or had the vacancy for him. So hence he went He went to play for Bayern Munich. So I don't blame him for doing it. It does. It is surprising to see one of your top players go and play another country. But then again, there are enough other foreign players playing in the Premier League league for the top team so i guess it's only swings and roundabouts yeah and i I should not put harry kane in the uh you know wayne rooney you know role you know being that old and you know past his prime totally i mean believe me harry kane's a very intelligent human being wayne rooney was wayne rooney yeah right (laughs) all right my friend so let's hear about your, your 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 trip to the states so you got to uh uh, attend the Bucks. I, I saw a lot of the, the post and, uh, they really did treat you like royalty. That's got to make you feel good, but, but I want to hear about it. Let, let, let's hear about your experience there at uh, Raymond James Stadium going to games and, uh, you were visiting broadcast booths. You're on the sideline and I'm sure that you, uh, visited many, many, uh, American pubs as well as some late night hours. I mean, do you recall, uh, most of this or was, were you pretty inebriated? No, I recall everything. I'm a professional journalist, and you can, you know, do the do the. You well, know, I, I understand that. There. I understand that. Yes, totally understand. Numchuck, you understand two professional journalists you're working with here. No, it was it was a fantastic trip. So yeah, I got to see the Bucks win. They beat Tennessee. I did a lot of work. I worked on Spanish radio with Martin Gramatica. I got I got to insult Diego Maradona again, which was a bonus. And then I did an hour of post game TV. I was on various podcasts doing different shows it was a really enjoyable time it was a great trip that sounds great now and also you got to go see the tampa bay lightning as well right i did i went to see three lightning games now they lost the first two i went to their first first two home defeats of the year and brian engblom who's the um tv analyst for the lightning decided that it was my fault and if we lost the third game he was going to put a hit out on me fortunately they beat the edmonton oilers and they didn't have to do that it was a great experience you know i had club seats for one i was down on ringside for another it was all part of the whole experience and and you get people who come to vegas of course tc and and roger goodell described you today as sports town usa people are now coming into vegas to do the whole football hockey and they're now going to do the baseball package in the road down the road and that's what i was doing in tampa i was doing the whole package while i was there now that sounds like you had some you know pristine seats there now were were, were you taken care of there or or how many pounds did this uh, set you back uh quite a lot really i, I took uh, and again i actually treated some of my friends I, I treated tj to good seats i treated a couple of my buddies to good seats because to me it was whole part of the experience you know and a friend of mine she said to me no go and do it really do it right have a fantastic time and a lot of the pictures i've now got up at my office behind me are from that trip it, it was you can't take back memories tc you can only live once did you get a chance to take in a concert or two no, I didn't. I mean, I've only, you know the only two gigs I've been to this year were Lionel Richie and the Pet Shop Boys. I'm already planning next year's trips, but there'll be bands that, you you know, they're, they're British bands you probably wouldn't have heard of. <laughs> like Eraser. 
Um, orchestral Moves in the Dark, OMD. Yeah, of course. Of, what are you talking about? I used to play yeah. those. I, I I told you the story many times. Yeah. I mean, I was I, I was the king of the DJ back in the day, and we and I had to do uh, new wave nights uh, on Fridays. And then you know, then Saturday we had we had to go with our with our with our R and B and our funk and our jams. But oh yeah, Pet Shop Boys, uh, OMD, Racer, uh, uh, you know, all of those. I, I I played them all. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna see I'm gonna see Haircut 100 at some point. Haircut 100. Well. I had so that 12 inch as well too. There you go. There we go. See, we see, we see, you're showing your age now, TC. This my is... dad told me about these bands, but now I'm going to see Yeah, them. no, I don't think so, my friend. You, you're very familiar <laughs> with all of that. Paul Buckpower Stewart joins us from England and talking about his, uh, his trip. And finally, uh, you know, to Tampa Bay, you were on the golf course and we, and we know that, uh, you know, you could go into American soil. And you could maybe dress the part of Rodney Dangerfield or dress down or something, you know, maybe, um, you know, look like a happy Gilmore and you could probably hustle a lot of these Americans and take their money. And I understand you did take the money of TJ Reeves. So let's talk a little bit about that. And, and what kind of golfer is this guy anyway? Well, it was a Cinderella story, came out of nowhere, you know, he hit himself about a five iron, 300 yards, onto the green, crowd was going wild. Yeah, it, it was a great game. I mean, TJ wanted to play me off scratch, and it was a little, that was a little bit unfair, and I did uh, beat him, but we had a fantastic game. He will claim he made the only birdie of the round, which he did, but I made a whole string of pars. It was, it was, golf was the winner, but unfortunately, then I had a game a couple of days later with another former, another Tampa Bay sports host, and I conceded about an eight foot putt on the last green to let him win to get him back for the Ryder Cup uh, hammering we gave the Americans. <laughs> uh, you're so generous, Paul Buck Power Stewart. So nice of you and letting, uh, letting Americans win. That is, that is that's so gracious. Well, one of the nicest things, one of the nicest things I got to do was as I grew up in the 80s, one of the first quarterbacks I got to watch on British TV was Steve DeBerg. He was a Buccaneer quarterback, and of course, he played for many other teams. Number 17. While I was out there, I got to play. Yeah. Yeah, I got to play golf with the guy and a couple of other former Buccaneer players. And that was a really special moment to think, you know, here's someone I grew up watching. And now here I am talking with him. I'm friends with the guy. It was a very special moment. And I think any fan could have appreciated. So I almost crossed from being a journalist to a fan at that moment. You know, does it, uh, I don't want to say upsetting, you know, to you, but just looking at the product that the Buccaneers have on the field right now, and especially with Todd Bowles, I mean, going from where the Buccaneers went from, you know, being a Super Bowl contender and Tom Brady and now the drop off with Baker Mayfield. But uh, what do you make of, of, of this Buccaneers team? And yeah, you saw them, them win kind of a lackluster game against Tennessee, but I mean, this is a bad football team. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it is. I mean, I said, if you go back a few months, I, I said on this show that I thought they were going to be a six, seven win team at best. This is paying off the credit card bill. Over 35% of our salary cap is going on dead money, paying the likes of Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette and the other players we signed at the time. It was always going to be this way. We've got so many undrafted rookies, players, you know, who really shouldn't be in the NFL on that roster because we, there's no other choice. This is the price the Bucks paid for winning the Super Bowl in 20 and having two more runs at it in 21 and 22. So I've got no problem with that. And believe me, I think if you asked any Ray fan right now, would you take 
10 terrible seasons in return for a Super Bowl. They'd all go and bite your hand off. Same with any other NFL team. So it, it happens. I've got no problem with that. Yes, they are disappointing. But something I've also pointed out, TC, is fans in Tampa have been spoiled the last three or four years in sport. You had a long run of Buccaneers success. The Rays are in the playoff every year for baseball. The Lightning won two Stanley Cups. Tampa Bay sports fans are not used to struggling. They've got short-term memory. So suddenly, they're on bulletin boards, having a go at Todd Bowles, having a go at everybody else. So I don't... I understand where they're coming from, but to be honest, this is what I expected was going to happen. Yeah. Paul Buckpower-Stewart joins us, fresh back from his trip to the U.S. of A., specifically uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, Some other NFL thoughts uh, from you as you... You know, looking at the top tier teams, we see what San Francisco is doing now. Uh, they've recovered nicely and just put the beating on the, uh, the Eagles 42 to 19 on Sunday. And then the Packers get the job done at Lambeau Field against the Chiefs. And again, the Chiefs showing a little bit of vulnerability here. Uh, give me some, uh, some midseason thoughts here. Or actually, you know, now we're on the, the second half of the season here. Yeah, I've always thought it's not the team that's doing well in September, October. It's the team that's doing well in December is the one you look out for. And the Chiefs are, again, a shadow of the team they were two, three years ago. Their problems at receiver are pretty obvious. The Packers are coming on strong. And the Bucks are up in Lambeau in two weeks' time. It could well be too cold, or TC, as they might say. It's going to be a tough game, that one, for the Buccaneers. Um, And I think, you know, you could well be giving me a stick on social media about that. Right now... The Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. They look to be the class team. And, and Philadelphia are very strong. And like everyone around the NFL is just so hoping the Cowboys go in full of themselves and fall flat on their face in the first round because there's no team in any sport you want to see fail more than the Dallas Cowboys. See, Buck Power, I understand your you know affinity for you know seeing the Bucks at home and, and seeing all your, your favorite personnel. But, you know, that bucket list trip... Tampa Bay at Green Bay. I mean, the Battle of the Bays, Lambeau Field in December. That that's what you should have done, my friend. And then I could yeah, have turned you on famous. to all of the great spots there. Yeah, there was a very famous game the Bucks and the Packers played back in 1985, the legendary Snow Bowl, where there was a foot of snow on the field at the start of the game. Another four inches fell during it. There were over forty thousand no shows. Because they were, you know, people were advised not to travel. The Bucks were in white that day. And now I've talked to Steve Young and several of the other players. They were, they couldn't even see ten yards downfield. They were like in camouflage. And it was one of the most amazing games. I've got clips of it on Buck Power and on my social media page. So I'm just hoping it's not like that. A very good friend of mine that is the Packers PR director. I'm sure he'll be giving me a hard time if the Packers win that one. Right now, Green Bay's in the ascendancy. Jordan Love is proving he is the future of quarterbacking in, in the green and gold. And I wish them all the very best. You know, it's great to see one of the best franchises in NFL history being successful with what we, you know, even a neutral fan in me wants to see that happen. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, uh, let's talk on a serious note here. And I know you've been following this story of Adam Johnson, American hockey yep. player who was killed in a game in England, uh, Nottingham yep. playing Sheffield back on October the 28th. And uh, this actually led to manslaughter charges for yeah. another hockey player. How big of a story was this where you were at? Because, again, we really don't associate, you know, hockey with England. 
And, you know, there are American players, just there's all kinds of foreign players that are playing in the hockey league there. How big of a story was it there? And then also kind of update us on on the latest with this story. Yeah, I mean, it, the, hockey is very big in Britain. Um, there's been a British hockey league going for 50, 60 years. And in fact, Great Britain won the Olympics back in 1936. So there's been a long history of the sport. But the, the level is you're looking at players who dropped out of out of even the minor leagues around, you know, in America and Canada. And now they're plying their trade in, in Germany and Switzerland and in Great Britain. So that's the level of player. So Adam Johnson was a former um, Pittsburgh Penguins player who, who, you know, found his way down into the British League. Now, in terms of the actual event of what happened, this was not a freak accident that can happen in hockey. This wasn't a case of someone falling over and a skate blade, unfortunately, hitting someone. Believe me, you do not want to see the play, what happened. It was near a karate kick. What from the other player? It was a lot more deliberate than people have made out, and hence this is why the manslaughter charges have been brought forward against the other player. It became a very big story across all of British sports, and unfortunately there was a little bit of hysteria about it because the tabloid press thought, "Oh my God, isn't hockey and or ice hockey an awful sport? We don't need to have this." So. It was a very big story, um, and it's still rumbling on because of the manslaughter charges. But unfortunately, I did happen to see what happened. I understand totally why that has been brought. It has led to neck guards, these sort of, they're like high polo neck guards that players wear around their necks that can prevent this. And a couple of the NHL players were already wearing it. Cole Kepke of the Lightning is. It's become, it's been made mandatory in the British League. The British League has resumed play and all players are wearing that. So it's, it's a tragic, horrible story, but unfortunately it wasn't a complete freak accident. There was malice and intent from the other player to harm Adam Johnson. And unfortunately it went to a very tragic uh, conclusion. Matt Petgrave was the player that, uh, yeah. where the manslaughter charges are, are being held against. And, and you're right. I mean, I have seen this video and it is brutal. You're right. It, and I think when this story hit, at least here in the States, there are a lot of people thought, Oh, this is just, uh, you know, two guys colliding. It was, it, it was very unfortunate. Like, how could this possibly happen? But you're right. I mean, this looked very intentional. And I think you described it perfectly when you said like a karate kick and just try to give our listeners the, the correct, I guess, description here is, is like he was kind of to the side and then he just like, I, I believe it went his right skate up high and slashed yeah. uh, Adam Johnson across the neck and, and he went down and, and died from this. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but do we know or did you hear anything, uh, anything come out about why Petgrave did this was you know was he saying that there was uh that it was intentional was there Ill, any ill intent was there anything between these two players leading up to this nothing has come out officially about it now of course we all know hockey is the sort of sport where grudges are kept during a game if one player delivers a hit someone else will retaliate. It's part of the game. So, you know, that goes on the whole time. So I think this was just one of those situations where someone went stupidly too far. We see it in all kinds of society where 
you know, it, it escalates too far. So I think that will come out in the court case. And there are going to be, there is going to be a case about this and there is going to be, you know, the guy's going to be held to account for it. But I mean, we've seen, there are tragic accidents in sports. You know, you think back to, to the seventies, Daryl Stingley getting paralyzed in, in the NFL. You know, there have been college players who have been, you know, seriously paralyzed and hurt. You can Mike Utley back with the Lions in baseball. There was a player killed. It was a hundred years ago and he was hit in the head with a pitch and it led to mandatory helmets being worn. So accidents do happen in sport and it's an inherent risk that every player takes this was not an accident this was more intentional so unfortunately yeah it is a very very sad story and unfortunately it's a shame it came from outside of the Atlantic it probably could have happened anywhere in hockey in any league it just happened to be Nottingham and Sheffield and made the British press and you're right about the net net guards being mandatory there in the British league I know that there is um some steam gaming uh, gaining here about this uh, being mandatory here in the NHL. Any more news you've heard about that? No, I, I, I appeared recently on a Canadian um, hockey podcast talking about this from the English perspective. And the problem with it being introduced into the NHL, the NHLPA, the Players Association, would have to sign off on it. And I think it's you'd need something in the region of 85 to 90% approval from the players to do it. Now, helmets were brought in, you know, grandfathered in about 30 years ago. Everyone wears a helmet. But if they tried to introduce face guards, you know, like you see in college in college hockey, that would never happen in the NHL. So I think it's one of those things at the moment is going to be a, a optional extra that people can do. But because it needs such a high requirement of the players to approve, I don't think it's ever going to come into the NHL. But it can happen in minor leagues and it happened, it's happened in the British League already. Yeah, unfortunately, these type of changes usually only come after it's too late. In in this case, after a death of a player, and if there happens to be something like this that happens in the NHL, then you could say, "Well, see, you should have had that." And we see, you know, we see, like you said, you brought up a great point about grudges. I mean, we see the gloves dropped, and and so many hockey games where you know players carry over. You know, grudges from, from game to game or from, from years past. And, and it's, it's serious where these guys will, will try to intentionally, you know, hurt someone, you know, when, when they, when they go one on one like that or the checks into the board. I mean, we see it. And unfortunately, uh, you know, nothing will probably get changed until something severe happens. I mean, I mean, I saw a vicious check last night. I was at the, the Golden Knights and Blues game last night. It was like, wow. I mean, you know, and we, we see a handful of those, you know, night in and night out, but everyone just wants to say, Oh, that's part of the game. Just like fighting. Okay. Let's drop the gloves. Let's, let, let's go and do this. But, you know, at least it's one on one for the most part. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just unfortunate that, uh, you know, you have a great sport like that and then you have, uh, you know, some idiot that tries to intentionally slash someone with a skate. Uh, just, just, it, it's, it's a bad look, like you said, for hockey, bad look for your league there. And, and it happened on your soil, but, uh, uh, just terrible. Yeah, I think what we happen in sports TC is we use we we have reactionary rather than preventative. Look at baseball when they put netting down the sides. It was only when a whole bunch of people and a couple of kids got hit by foul balls going really fast they put netting down the sides to protect them. So I think it, it happens in sport. As I said, there's an inherent risk every player takes and accepts that accident can happen. I mean, look at baseball. You know, you get beanball wars, but one 
team throws, another team throws. Hey, I played in the British League. I've thrown at people because someone took it out on one of my teammates. So I know it can happen because that's human nature. But as I said, this crossed the line and went too far. You can't legislate for people like that. You're always going to get morons and idiots in society. And unfortunately, this is what can happen when it goes too far. All right. Paul Buck Power Stewart joins us. Uh, Rugby, cricket, World Cup. (laughs) Give me that update. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were staying up all night to watch both of those sporting World Cups because it's not just soccer that has a World Cup and, and baseball has a World Championship. The Cricket World Cup was a huge event. I mean, pretty much the whole of India stopped to watch <laughs> India in the final against Australia. Now, how long lost. did that finals match go on for three weeks or what? Well, no, they were one day. They were. It, it was the one day World Cup, so each match takes place over one day. The tournament stretched on for about a month and a half, <laughs> and, and a friend of mine went to see England play one of their games. So England didn't do very well. We were defending champions, but yet yeah, India lost to Australia. Rugby was a huge thing. Now, America have been in the Rugby World Cup before. They didn't get there this time because rugby is quite big in some of the colleges. Um, that unfortunately ended up with South Africa beating New Zealand and England finishing third. They blew their chance to make it. But again, everyone in England stopped to watch England in the semi-final, you know, the final four. It's it, Because we all get behind following our country, TC, that we've talked about many times on this show. So unfortunately, it's another one of those things where England didn't win. We look forward to the next one, which will be the European Championships in soccer next summer. Yes, absolutely. Can hardly wait for that 2024. Look, look at the versatility with this guy. I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Lightning, the NHL, NFL, Cricket and Rugby World Cup. Hockey, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's Paul Buck Power Stewart, the legend, the Hall of Famer himself. Uh, well, I don't know about Hall of Famer. One thing we do have to bring up is, of course, the sad news that you were talking about was the death of Denny McLean, um, who, was, of course, he was part of the Moody, Denny Laney party. He was part of the Moody Blues. I remember him being part of Wings, Paul McCartney's band, who had a couple of huge hits over here in Britain. Yes. He, he was, you know, Paul McCartney and his, his then wife, Linda. They were three-piece bands. So, yeah, very sad day. Another one of the British music icons passes away. We lost... Um, Shane McGowan of the Pogues last week, who was a great Irish folk singer, had a huge Christmas hit. And unfortunately, as we get older, these are people that we grew up listening to, TC, so you appreciate them more now that they've gone. Yeah, and we unfortunately, we're having more and more of that where whether they're lead singers or guitarists or just band members uh, from so many of those great groups from the 70s and the 80s that are that are passing. And Denny Lane, like you said, Moody Blues and Wings. Uh, loved Paul McCartney and Wings. Uh, loved uh, you know that rendition of Paul McCartney's uh, career. So fantastic. Buck Power, we'll let you get to sleep, my friend. All right, have a hot toddy, a little hot cocoa, whatever you have there. All right, and uh, it's always great talking with you, my friend, and uh, hopefully we'll talk more here as uh, we approach uh, the NFL into the regular season, into the playoffs. We will do that. So from the Institute of Sport that is here in England, I wish you all very well. If I don't talk to you before the holidays, a very Merry Christmas to everyone listening, to you guys. Happy holidays from across the Atlantic, and I'll talk to you again soon. You got it, brother. All right, same to you. Take care. Paul Buckpower Stewart from England. 